Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have Gilly the Kid and Wallow267 from the hit podcast, Million Dollars Worth of Game. They went from rough experiences like poverty and incarceration to interviewing some of hip-hop's greatest and spreading positivity in gems on how to make it in this very cold entertainment business. Coming up, I talked to Gillian Wallow about growing up in Philly, gaining a mass following after prison, and the power of being resilient. Up next, Gilly the Kid and Wallow267. Let's go. To be iconic is to stand out from everyone else, to go against the grain and achieve great things. At Cadillac during Black History Month, we salute those who did just that. The great men and women who will forever be remembered for how they approached life. The things they stood for and the way they made our world a better place. At Cadillac, we celebrate those who are living with that passion today. The iconic ones who are writing bold new chapters in black history. Visit your tri-state Cadillac dealer today. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating. What was your favorite theme? Who was your favorite guest? What have you learned from the show? Make sure you're telling a friend to tell a friend. To get this good old-fashioned soul food, like the Goody Mob once said. Again, I enjoyed this show so very much, and I appreciate all of you followers and listeners because this is therapy for me. And as I walk through the airports and the streets, people come up to me all of the time. It was like I read your column. I listened to your podcast. The Renaissance Man is one of my favorite shows. I take pride, our team takes pride, my producer takes pride in everybody downloading the podcast and sharing it with those you love. This week's theme is million dollars worth of resilience. Success isn't about being perfect. You don't become successful because you don't make major failures or have doubts. You become successful because you continue to make steps towards your goals despite your failures and doubt. The ability to be resilient is one of the most valuable traits we have as human beings. When we get up from a fall, we're battling the opinions of others, our opinions of ourselves, past traumas, and sometimes real physical scars. But each time we do it, we get a million times stronger and a million times smarter than we would be if we have gone through life unscathed. Robert F. Kennedy once said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. So remember, sometimes we fall because there's something down there we're supposed to find. Find the lesson. Get up and keep going. And never look back. My next guest know all about that. 
Gilly the Kid is an artist, a performer. Wallow267 is a motivational influencer. Together, they host one of my favorite podcasts, the hit show, Million Dollars Worth of Game, on Barstool Sports Podcast. Coming up, I talked to Gilly and Wallow about growing up in Philly, gaining the mass following after prison, and the power of being resilient. Up next, Gilly the Kid and Wallow267. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. I consider our next guest as family, two of the most notable names in hip-hop and podcasting, Gilly the Kid and Wallow267, our co-hosts of the Barstools Podcast, very extremely popular podcast, Million Dollars Worth a Game. These co-hosts, writers, entertainers, our first cousins. That's crazy. Yeah. I love that so very much. And you guys have sat down with some of the biggest people in the game. Big Boy, Kevin Garnett, Meek Mill are some that you've shared game with Gilly us. Rose. It is my Gilly honor Rose. to welcome Wallow and Gilly to the show. What up, though? Yes, 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 yes. What's up, brother? Love and life. I appreciate the love and the reinvention of both of you guys. Getting a chance to learn more about Wallow and his story recently over the last couple of years. And obviously following you, Gilly, when you were Gilly the King for so many very years as an artist. So I want to start from the beginning with both of you guys. As I mentioned, you're both from Philly and you're both cousins. And Philly has produced some of the best musicians and creatives in the world. But it's also yes. a tough city to be raised in. So I'll start with you, Gilly. What was it like growing up for you both in Philly and something you wish more people knew about the Philadelphia? I mean, it was, it was just like any other inner city, man. It was poverty. You grew up, you know, you, you, as, a, as a young kid, you know, you don't know anything different. So you really don't understand what you're growing up in. It's, it's normal life. You know, but then as you start to reach towards your teenage years and you start to understand life a little bit more, then you start to look at things a little different. Like, yo, it's, it's kind of it's kind of messed up around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, and I had cousins and things who, you know, they was they was well more well off than we were. They didn't live in the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? They And you would go visit them and you would be like, you know, you just understood that it was a different side of life that we didn't understand growing up in together. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it was hard. And, you know, you, you lose friends at an early age. You know, very few people had a father figure in their life. Mm. Some didn't even have a, a mother or father figure. Some was being raised by their grandmothers who was, you know, 60 years old and he's 13 so you know mm -hmm. it's a disconnect there so you know it was rough man that's why i commend anybody man who could come about in these conditions and you know make anything out your life man i commend you because the conditions we we raised in man we born in these like we got so many obstacles the streets the 
drug game. The, 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 it's just so many obstacles that come to you that don't even, you know, it's not offered to the kids in the suburbs until later on in life. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of kids in the suburbs, they don't, they don't get involved in things until they reach 20 years old, 22 right. years old, and they move out mm-hmm. their mom house yep. and now they're able to do what they <laughs> want to do. But those, those opportunities and, and the devil was working, he was working his magic since the age of 12 when mm. we had the old kids trying to, trying to put that package in our hand. You know, you sell $130 worth of crack, you keep the $30, you bring me back to that shit started at 12 years old, right? mm. so 13 years old. So, you know, the devil was working a lot earlier in the ghetto than it was, you know, in the suburbs. So he was up against a lot, man. So anybody that could make it out, man, I commend it. Yeah. Wallow, your story is very inspirational. You caught an armed robbery charge at 17 years old as a teenager, yeah. and you did I the time. Sure. Yeah. You spent yeah. over 20 years in prison. So tell me about your upbringing in Philly and your recollection of just that period in your life. Well, you know, I was a young kid, impressionable, extremely impressionable in the ghetto. You know, you're seeing people out there have things and you see the people that got things, they're getting more attention than you. So mm. you say to yourself, I got to get things. The women only talk to the people with things, the drug dealers, the people with the jury on them. So you grow up, you say, I got to be a drug dealer, sticker boy, pimp, whatever. I got to do something in order to get attention, in order to be accepted by uh, the beautiful women and the people and to be cheered for. The only people that you get cheered for in the ghetto is, to me, that I saw was the successful criminals. So I said, I got to try to be one of them. You know, uh, mm-hmm. first got arrested, I was 11 years old. June 30, 11 years old? You got arrested at 11 time, years old? First time I got arrested, I was 11 years old, June 30th, 1990. I was only 11 for about six, seven days. Um, after that, I got arrested the next week. I wound up going to jail. I wound, I wound up doing a juvenile sentence for a year, September 1990. Went away for a year, came back, got arrested again. And I kept, and I was in the system for five years, right? Mm. I was a juvenile. Then when I was 17, I got locked up with two armed robberies. Got sentenced to 19, they had the 52 total sentences. I did 20 years. Now, uh, just growing up in the inner cities of Philly, I'm just saying you, you can win or you can lose. The majority of the time, you know, it, it looked like you're going to lose because, uh, you know, Philly is a town great with music, great with boxing. It's a big time boxing town. Um, mm-hmm. If you ain't in the gym, if you you know you don't know how to rock a mic, and you know I was doing that for basketball, basketball, basketball city. Mm-hmm. So so if you ain't on that, you gonna try to figure out another way. I was trying to figure out another way, and I didn't know who I was. You know, a lot of times we be having these identity crises because uh, you listening to the music, you seeing the dealers, you seeing everybody do their thing. So every day you wake up one day i want to be a pimp one day i want to be a stick-up man one day i want to be a dope dealer one day i might want to be a rapper one day i might want to be a boxer one thing i might want to play ball so every day your day is changing based off of who you've been around the, the most or what you've been around the most so it's always a shift in that so it's like you know at the end of the day it, it, it just it's just a continuance of trying to find yourself and in the process you trying to find yourself you'll wake up somewhere in the graveyard or in the prison. And that's what happened to me. I woke up in prison, you know? Mm. And I admire you for sharing that story because it's extremely inspirational for so many young men that look just like us. And y'all know, Biggie said it, either you sling crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. And for you, Gilly, regardless of what was happening in Philly and the street life, 
major figures were still going down. You were a dope artist. Are a dope artist. Making great songs, albums, and ghostwriting. So since you reinvented yourself, a lot of people kind of like George Foreman in the grill. People don't really know he was fighting. I had to tell some people like George Foreman fought Muhammad Ali. He's one of the greatest fighters. But he reinvented himself. So Gilly, talk to me about your reinvention because while the masses, in my opinion, know about your personality, I was one of the people that was following you early when you were doing stuff on YouTube, when you were doing stuff on Periscope. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. You know, one thing about me, I always found a way to make social media work for me. You know, I was big on MySpace when that first came out, you know, then the, then the Periscopes and the, and the, the, the Twitters and the Instagrams and the, the Facebooks always found a way to make social media work for me. You know, where a lot of where a lot of older rappers struggled in those in those fields. I, I never struggled in those fields because I never lacked personality and I never was afraid to just be who I am. You know what I'm saying? On mm -hmm. and off the camera, on and off camera, I'm the same person. You know, what you see is what you get with Gilly. So for me to be this person on camera, that's just natural. You know what I mean? Because even as a rapper, I was like the first rapper on DVDs who was pulling out money. Mm. I was the first rapper on DVDs who was calling out rappers out. And the things that the rappers do today, I was the first one that did it. I got crucified for it because I was the only one that was doing it. It was like, oh, wait, he's too aggressive. Oh, no, hold up, wait. We don't know if we can trust him. He's a live wire. And the whole time, I thought this was entertainment. Mm -hmm. I thought this is my image. I thought this was. I thought, I thought this was <laughs> like. <laughs> so for me, so for me, it's like I, I seen I seen the game from a different perspective. Even the podcast game, I seen it from a different perspective. When everybody in our field came out and they catered to older guys, I said, "No, we gonna cater to the youth, man." We're going to get a youth somewhere where they can come, they can feel comfortable, they can be themselves, they don't got to worry about stepping on no landmines, they don't got to worry about us setting no trap down, they don't got to worry about us asking them about their oncoming cases, we don't got to worry about them putting them in a, a, a messed up predicament, we're going we gonna to provide a safe haven for the youth to mm -hmm. come to because they the owners of the mall, they the future. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to talk to people like Jalen Rose. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk to people like Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, we're going to talk to people like Primetime Deion Sanders. We're going to talk, yeah, we're going to talk, but we're going to base it around the youth. But we're going to talk to them because they people in life who accomplished things, mm -hmm. who, who, who came up out of harsh situations and can get a youth game, and the mm -hmm. OGs who respect it. Mm -hmm. See, we don't talk to all OGs. Yeah. <laughs> we talk to the OGs that's respected. All facts. All facts. And I peeped that, too. And the crazy thing, for Wallow, you learned about social media, basically, and started using it in prison on contraband phones. So yeah. in 150 days after your release, you had 60,000 followers on Instagram. Have you always seen yourself as an influence to the people around you? No, I just was a, I just always was an outspoken person, had good energy. Uh, I always try to encourage people, even in prison. So it was like, 
it wasn't even about how I see myself. I just was living, and it just it, I was living my life, un, un, you know, un, unscripted on social media. I ain't care. So it was like, you know, you 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 like it or you don't. You're just being me, and um, people liked it, you know. So Gilly, I want to get back to you as an artist for a second. When you shout out the youth, big shout to Mac and Cheese. I see them out here doing their yeah, thing. Yeah, Shout out yeah, to Mac yeah. and Cheese. Mac and Cheese out here doing their thing. They got now yes, and they sir. got next. Yes, sir. So, Gilly, you want to sign the Cash Money, a terrific artist, a great ghostwriter. What are some of the projects you participated in? And can you recall your favorite song that you've ghostwritten? I mean, it was, that was so long ago that... And I've been asked that so many times and spoke about it so many times that I don't even even speak on it no more. Because it, it's just, it's, it's like, I'll be looking at it like, I know people that's a part of my history, but I just feel like, me when I speak on it, I feel like my life is a throwback Thursday. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I moved on to so much stuff. So yep. I don't even really like speaking on it no more. Man, matter of fact, I just seen Lil Wayne actually uh Dope. at the uh Jackson State game. So shout out to Wayne and everything he doing, man. Shout out to Baby and Cash Money and everything that they doing, man. And I wish them brothers nothing but the but the best, you know. I feel like when I talk about it, it's almost like I'm putting bad negative energy out there. And I don't really do that. You know what I mean? That's not really and I, I hate to speak on things that's in the past and it's like it just be lingering on and lingering and mm-hmm. I want so much more that I, you know that's a part of my history but I, I moved on from that I love that and I appreciate you bringing up the fact that you just saw him at a Jackson State game with our OG Deion Primetime Sanders oh, absolutely who to turn that program around so much so that Gilly running on the sideline while somebody running into the end zone at the same yeah. time. Crazy. Right? Man. Wallo, what's up with your guy? What was you thinking when oh, Gilly was... What happened? What happened? He run, right? We, we, we didn't talk. We was talking. And he was take off. So he, run, he run. So when he slammed the ball, I run down to him. I'm like, yo, what is he doing? He told me he gave me the ball. Hey Jack, right? You know, I see we all watch football. When Tom Brady scored and he handed his offensive lineman the ball, that's his chance to shine. That's his chance to shine. They told me, Gilly, you just gotta stay behind the white. If you look the whole time I'm running down the sideline and I'm telling me, come on, yeah. I'm behind the white. Even mm. when I got to the end zone, I mm. was behind the white. And uh. I was saying, yeah, youngin', yeah, he <laughs> gave me the ball. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> we know Chauncey like Gillips know what to do with the rock. <laughs> yeah, I know what to do with yep. the rock, man. That that, that was definitely a funny man. moment. I, I had hey, on my bucket list. And it was so funny. Hey, Wallow, I have to ask you. You were in Ann Arbor, Michigan recently. Yes. Jawan Howard, Michigan Wolverines. 
Jim Harbaugh, I saw you out there in the cold. You know what I mean? That, that showed me you ain't a casual. You was out there in the cold representing the Wolverines. It. Tell me about that experience. I love it, man. You know, just being out there in the game. You know, you see these games on prison. You know, I'm in prison Saturdays. You see the game. So to see that, you know, and now to be there, people, it's like, it's unimaginable, man. To be able to run on the field after they win, or right there on the line. Like, you know, me and, me and Jawan was right there, you know, and we was just enjoying it, man. And it was just... It was crazy, man, you know? And where it is, I, I, I don't know if he's telling the truth, but he's going to come back and say, yeah, you know, I was kicking it with Jawan. You know, you know I'm a basketball <laughs> guy, right? You know I'm a basketball guy, right? <laughs> he messing with you. <laughs> you know, me kicking it with Jawan Howard would have meant so much more to my life than it meant to his life. So he come back bragging, yeah, you know, I was kicking it. He's shortening his name up. I was kicking it with Jawan. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. He told me to tell you, you the nut I love, too. I said, but he ain't tell you that. I, I try to call Gil on FaceTime in there, and forgetting there's 100,000 people in there, so you ain't going to be at a FaceTime. You know the signals. I mean, you know, so it was crazy. He going to tell me, Jawan Howard said, you really the nut. I said, he ain't say that, man. He ain't, he ain't say that. It's my guy, man. He ain't say that. Crazy. Well, all I know is this. Open invite. We need to all be in Ann Arbor at the same time. Because yes. now that Jawan got the head coaching gig, I got season tickets, and I be yeah, at the game. So yeah. open invite to definitely yeah, come to the game. We come out there, man. And our, I love that. The graduate, be dope. the graduate hotel. The graduate hotel. Oh, I love mm -hmm. that. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, 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 I've been some corners with y'all up there. But as I, as I mentioned in my intro, million dollars worth of game. Is a weekly podcast on Barstool Sports. Yes. The entire focus of the show is to teach you G-A-M-E, game, Dang. guidance, attention, motivation, and education, yes, while injecting sir. humor and conversation. Why was that so very important to you guys to make sure you own that lane? Because, you know, um, we come from a place where it's so serious all the time. The only time you really can get somebody to listen is when you can make them laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact community where you can make somebody laugh, like we got a lot of education from Richard Pryor, from Eddie Murphy, from Red Fox, mm. because they made us laugh, but they said some real deep shit to us. You know what I mean? And yep. uh, we, we understand that. So we want to make you, you know, we want to make you think, laugh, and cry, man, because it's like that's the only way you want to let us into your hearts, let us into your minds, and give you some information that can better your situation, you know? And that's what it's all about, you know? Absolutely. For us, man, it's just about embracing the youth because, you know, I, coming up in the game, you know, it was hard. They made it hard for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes as a youngin', you just you just want the OGs to embrace you, man. The OGs yes. who can help change your life. The OGs who can help give you some game. They can give you some guidance. They can give you some attention. Because a mm -hmm. lot of them be missing attention from the households, from their dad not being around, from they not having a father figure. So I know a lot of times me and I knew homies who even needed it more than me that never had that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All yep. the OGs that we had was OGs who they had sprinkled some game on you, but they also was trying to sprinkle some 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 somebody work on you too. <laughs> right. Real talk, real talk. You know what I'm saying? So yes. 
we didn't have no OGs or too many OGs that was on the positive, you know, whereas though, okay, this OG might be on the positive and he might be giving us some game, but he worked for something. So we really not accepted to that game because we see this, the drug deal on the corner make what he make in two months. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yep. We in a position where they know we successful, but we don't lead with jewelry. We don't lead with phantoms. We don't lead with Bentleys. We don't lead with money. We lead with personality and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what Correct. we say, we give it to you in a in a way where the urban, the, 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 the little kid that's growing up down North Philly or growing up in the, Detroit or growing up in Bankhead mm-hmm. or growing up in Compton or growing up in, in Milwaukee, they can understand it. But also a suburban kid, white kid from, from Iowa could understand it. Mm-hmm. So that's how we try to deliver our message. You know what I'm saying? So where though we deliver with some humor, we deliver it on an urban aspect for me. I deliver it on an urban aspect, but I also deliver it where a white kid in, 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 in Michigan can mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying. So that's what it's about for us. Man. And there's a level of integrity that I try to have with how I move in sports and entertainment on this show that I see with you guys as well. And that breeds trust from the audience. So now I can see y'all on the block. I can see y'all with y'all families. I can see y'all with y'all significant others because I can tell you an open book. You authentic. So how did you guys start to realize that Million Dollars Worth for Game was becoming that elite podcast that was actually delivering the message that you hope to get accomplished. What moment happened for you, both of you guys that you was like, yeah, we, we doing our thing now. I think it was just, we, we, one thing about us, we keep our heads to the ground. We never on that time. We just, we just doing us. So we don't really know. We don't, we, we don't even know. We don't measure things like that. We just mm-hmm. connecting with the people. As long as we keep connecting with the people and they getting the message, that's the win for us. So we don't sit back and say, oh, yeah, we, we ain't got time for that. We got to keep grinding. Mm-hmm. Cause we, when we try to be at, we fall from it. Mm-hmm. That's dope. We still at the beginning stages of where we trying to be at, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, Million Dollars Worth of Game started in 2012 on Instagram, me just giving game out to the youth. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that is paying us off now, you know what I mean? It that's that's that was seven eight years worth of work. Yes, that was a yes. lot of videos. That was a lot of mm-hmm. proof of concept. That was a mm-hmm. lot of reposts. A lot of so 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 we didn't just wake up one day and say, "Oh, we starting something." This was something that I just did, just putting the work in. Not knowing where this gonna go, I'm just gonna put this work in every day. Let me get y'all. Me and I was with the game. Hold organic on. work, organic. With work. no, per- it wasn't mm-hmm. no purpose. We just I'm putting this thing out here, and it became something. Mm-hmm. Before Wallow even came home, yeah. people were saying, "You need a podcast, Gilly. You need a YouTube channel, Gilly. You need." I didn't know what a podcast was, and then just 
respectfully, I want to watch somebody else's podcast, and I, I didn't understand it. I was like, why would anybody watch this? This is not that mm. entertaining. Why would people sit down and watch this? But I wasn't understanding the podcast space, and I wasn't understanding that its audience is for everybody. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So then, Absolutely. just keep giving out game, keep giving out game, keep giving out game. Wallow grew. He grew from just running up on the camera and, and telling people to letting people see who he really is, putting his guard down a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So for us, it was like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We, we already got the ingredients. I don't got to go get another host. I don't got to go get somebody else. I mm-hmm. think we can go right now. Let's go. And we just did it. And in eight months, six months, we had to do it. But it was okay. already the proof of concept. You know what I mean? It was already. And then we started our podcast out. We said, we're not going to get no guests. We're going to build it. We're going we gonna to build our podcast off of us. We're not going to build our podcast off of who we got on there. We're going to build our podcast off of us because people already come to me for game. Mm-hmm. Already got an audience for that. So, mm-hmm. so this is not like I'm starting a new show where as though, you know what I'm saying? I got to get, yep. I don't got to get guests because I already give game and that's what people are coming for. You already motivate people. Mm-hmm. So that's what people are going to come for. So we mm-hmm. built it up for a year and a half. We didn't, we had very few guests. And then after we built it up, we got the deal. We, then we said, okay, let's show Barstool what we really can do. Mm-hmm. Come on, Shaq. Come on, Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. on, Young Thug. Come on, Pooh Shiesty. Yeah. Come on, King Bar. Come on, the baby. Come on, Meek Mill. Come mm-hmm. on, Kevin Durant. Come on, Damian Lillard. Come mm-hmm. on, Jalen Rose. Come mm-hmm. on. To the point where it's like, okay, holy shit (laughs) and everything we told them we was going to do we did we said no we ain't getting no guests yet we still building it on upon us but when Mm -hmm. we go get the guests we gonna go get the top Mm -hmm. and they probably was like (laughs) we're not giving you guys the money for the guests we're giving you guys the money for you and and now it's like y'all did jason tatum <laughs> y'all did Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. We told y'all we connected to everybody. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, we just keep trying to give them game and motivate them. And if we say one life, that's enough. Well, you guys doing it. I'm happy to be somebody that's been on the show, just breaking bread with you guys, looking forward to catching up soon. And I have to just tell you. When you get in a column written about you in the New York Post, you gentlemen, why you got more you want to get accomplished, you brothers have arrived. But before I let you get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. Ready to do this, Gilly and Wallow? Yes, sir. All right. Start with you, Gilly. These first couple, I'm making one more answer just so you guys don't have to go back and forth. You mentioned a lot of people that's been on the show. Who's your dream? million dollars worth of game guest Michael Jordan Denzel Washington besides your own show what other podcasts 
do you listen to? I listen to uh, listen, Big Fat. I listen to Big Fat, Earn Your Leisure. Earn Your Leisure. Uh, uh, Joe, Chance, Joe Buttons. We listen to all that stuff. Maul and Rory. All that stuff. Same thing, me too. You land in Philly and you there for one night. That's hilarious. You land in Philly, you there for one night. What's the first spot you hitting up to grab food or to get it in? The Stinger. The Stinger, yeah, you can never go with the yeah. shrimp. Fried shrimp. You can never go been with open with since that. 1962. I don't know how long Delilah's been open, but that used to be my answer. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the food at Delilah's is good, though. I never <laughs> Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And certainly, last but not least, and you guys mentioned it earlier, what's next? And I'll start with you, Gilly. What's next for you guys in 2022? TV. Gotta be. No doubt about it. That's next. Because if somebody has been in that pod space like you guys for 10 years, it became a radio show, the audio, that's only next. And it's only right. To give that game on the two million dollars worth of game we're looking for to come into a tv near you in 2022 appreciate the love my brothers thanks for joining me love you too last call last call i'd like to thank my brothers gilly and wallow for stopping by the show and i already know they all feeling everything is celebrating that james harden is now on the team with their MVP, Joel Embiid. Be sure to check out their podcast, Million Dollars Worth of Game. What I love about them both is they aren't afraid to pivot and try something new. Newsflash, you know who also isn't afraid to try something new? Aaron Jackson. You may not know her name, but she just made not only history, but black history as well. At 29 years old, Erin Jackson became the first black woman to win a gold medal. Check this out. In speed skating. And the first American to win in over a decade. But get this. Erin only started speed skating five years ago. Let that be a lesson to you. Whatever you want to try, start now. Matter of fact, right now it's never too late start today who knows where you'll be in five years i'm the renaissance man i'll see you next week